Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I'm Rachel True. And I'm Trent Venegas. And you're listening to Quoting Gene Roddenberry. The 100-day podcast that celebrates what would have been the 100th birthday of the man that created Star Trek. Each day between now and the end of our podcast, August 19th, one of Star Trek's biggest icons, or celebrity fans, or both, will be quoting Gene Roddenberry. Then we're going to take a deep dive into why we think this sci-fi legend still has a lot to say to the world. Today's quote is read by actor, comedian, and podcaster, Maz Jabrani. It isn't all over. Everything has not been invented. The human adventure is just beginning. Welcome back to the podcast, quoting Gene Roddenberry, where we are lucky enough to have William Matthews, who is a singer, songwriter, and musical advocate, um, along for the ride. I just want to say I love the optimism Maz read that with. Mm -hmm. And it's a quote I wish I'd known about so much earlier in my life because I remember, and Trent, you'll relate to this, (laughs) I remember in like the year of our Lord, 1999, Mm -hmm. thinking... um, Oh gosh, I can't start a blog now. There's already so many blogs. There's no, I mean, mine won't get noticed. That was at the point where the internet was kind of still blogs and um, kind of like a catalog, you know, yep. as opposed to what it is now. And I thought, I can't. And yet, had I started a blog then, right? Because you would um, you would have put me out of business, Rachel. You would have been uh, the no, way no, more not at all. Blogger. But but Trent did start a blog back then that was wildly successful. And per this quote. It isn't all over because sometimes I feel like everything's already been done or trod on and invented and um, it hasn't. It's saying the the human adventure is just beginning. And the other thing I want to point out, whether it's writing or art or whatever, even if it has been done, nobody's done it your way. Nobody has done it with your insight through the prism of you, which will make it different, which is why when we talk about um, copyright laws, like two people can write a screenplay about a bear going to the moon. Right. That's you can't sue for that. But if the exact same things happen, you can. But the concept a bear going to the moon, you can write. There'll be two completely different stories. So mm-hmm. anyway, Trent, I admire you for actually making the blog happen back then. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty lucky that it was right at my right time. And uh, it, it's one of the best experiences of my life. But William, um, what, how does this quote resonate with you? Um, as somebody that's an artist, I tend to be very melancholy. So this this quote reminds me that it's all going to be okay, that it's not going to fall apart at all times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Say it again. It's not going to all fall apart, Rachel. For the people in the back row. <laughs> it's not going to all fall apart. <laughs> but, it, but it feels like that. We have all of us, I'm sure you listeners, to you, William, have felt that it's, way. It always feels that way because... You feel like, I mean, there's the imposter syndrome thing, right? Anything that you want to do creatively, you you instantly think, why should I do this? Why I, I'm not qualified. I'm not worthy. Whatever those internal things are. And I, again, Gene being an anthropologist here and an optimist, he's saying the human evolutionary journey is just at the beginning. We tend to think we're at the later stage of something that it's all going to just end, right? And he's going, no, 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 it's, it's just beginning. Like we're we're... 
we're babies in this this cosmic thing, right? We're not even mm-hmm. fully developed, fully mature species. And so it, it takes, it's a reminder to breathe, to just go, <sighs> okay. And also at any point, any age, you can almost do anything, yep. mm-hmm. right? With You know, within reality. But I just started studying Latin on a, like, it's not an ad for Duolingo, but that's that's the app I'm using. And um, I just thought I've always wanted to learn Latin, right? I'm mm-hmm. not, it's not too late. It's not all over because I'm a grown-up now that I can't learn these things or integrate these things that are important to me, you know, and forgive myself for falling down. When I didn't, you know, uh, stand up and be the way I thought I was or should be. And and you know what's the wonderful thing about Star Trek in particular and sci-fi in general for me is that we will never run out of exciting new things to enjoy because the 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 writer's imagination will never stop coming up with with cool things to for us to enjoy in the world of sci-fi. So we've talked a few times about how. Uh, The future technology that was uh, thought up in Star Trek in the 60s and then became a reality in the 90s and 2000s with like mobile phones and that kind of thing. Um, And and you could tend to think like, well, all that stuff's already like, what is there new in Star Trek? There can't be. You know, they've done it all. But in like the most recent season of Star Trek Discovery... They introduced portable, wearable transporters where you don't have to be on a transporter pad. You don't have to be transported from a ship. You wear your communicator on your person and you can transport anywhere without having to be connected to anything. And that just blew my yeah. mind as like a Star Star Trek fan and as just a geek in general. When when they introduced that on the show, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like it never occurred to me. Like that's where they could take transporter technology that we've, that we have lived with quote unquote in fiction for the past 55 yeah. years. They've, so that is another thing that, that uh, resonates with me about how uh, not everything has been invented. You know, we will never run out of, you know, we don't have tech, uh, transporter technology yet, but the fact that it exists in these in this TV series and and our favorite characters are u- are using it, you know, in these adventures, it it makes me want want it. I want transporter technology to happen and yes. hopefully we will invent it for real. Someday. I I remember thinking as a kid watching the next generation going, "Oh man, those little pads they have. I wish I could have yes. one of those. Oh man, they could like watch things on it, you can write things on it, like basically iPads." <laughs> and or a smartphone, <laughs> yep, right? IPad, iPads and Kindles. Yeah, the the iPhone feels like the communicator, right? And the iPad feels was like, and I'm going. I I remember yes, thinking that, and then look how quickly that that was developed um, relative mm-hmm. to when I was a kid back in the '80s uh, or in early '90s. And so I know that you're right. Like the transporter thing from Discovery, it's like just when you think that that technology or that uh, we couldn't dream up anything better, something yep. better comes along, and it blew my mind. <laughs> But I I love that that blew your mind because it made sense to me. I was like, yeah, it's your own personal thing. That's that's uh, the evolution of it, right? I mean, ultimately, we're all heading with this. But I also think it's for us inside as well, right? Like, not not everything in you uh, has come out yet. We don't know what the human brain is capable of. So I believe in a day where we can transport just using the other percentage of our brain we're not using. I I actually believe that if I could use the other percentage of my brain, I could rearrange my molecules and walk (laughs) through this wall. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying anyone else has to believe that. (laughs) Do you think that's what Jesus did? 
Yeah, I do. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what Jesus did. Um, but walking on water, no small feet, right? That's yeah. rearranging some molecules somewhere. Yep. And yep. we've mentioned many times we only use about, what, 10% of our, our brain's actual capabilities. So if we yeah. unlock that other 90%, who knows what we can do? Maybe Jesus was a person who had more access to his the full capacity of his brain. He could walk on water. Who knows? Quite possibly, because one of the things I know that I talk about in the book I wrote, but also with just with people in general, is intuition, right? Our gut intuition. Nothing new about that. That's what our caveman ancestors used to run away from danger, right? Right? The hairs would rise and what's going on, a sixth sense, sort of. And I believe everyone has that ability. Again, Faruza Balkan, mm-hmm. the craft, says they don't. But I believe <laughs> that everyone has the ability to access this inner knowing or sixth sense. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's fine if you don't believe that, right? But I do. And I think it's just discovering it in ourselves, right? Yeah. Unearthing some of the things that have been placed on us to say, no, no, ignore all that. I, you know, that's my two cents on it. I, I just think what I love about this quote is that it it reminds us that we have a future. Yes. <laughs> and and yeah. that even, even, you know, let's say for us, Rachel, as black people, you know, we don't, we were not always promised a future. We, we shouldn't even be here, you know? And to even look at Star Trek Alex. and see black people in the future, Thriving, I know. And healthy. as a mixed black Jew, half a Jew, yeah. I'm like, I'm and a woman. I feel uh, I got a lot of oppression going on. I don't feel oppressed myself. Yeah, yeah. Say, but we have a history just as Trent does, just as William does, just as our Anglo peers do mm-hmm, as well, mm-hmm. though. Right. Of their own stuff. But you're right. I like the optimism in what you just said. And my cynical yeah. side wants to be like, do we? Do we have a future, William? Yes, we, we do, do, Rachel. We do, Rachel. Yeah. See, a Scor- see, a Scorpio can take it. Yes. <laughs> and to piggyback on your point, William, um, that's really what I love personally about Star Trek is even though it's an invented future. So in the 23rd century is when the original series is set. The 24th century is when the next generation is set. Like that is hundreds of years in the future. It's not a foregone conclusion that all that stuff's going to happen. But I, uh, you know, Gene and and all of the amazing Star Trek writers infused so much hope and optimism. You know, they want that future to, to happen. I want that future to happen. And it does give me hope something to look forward to. I, 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 I refer to it as like they, the Gene and the writers have given us a blueprint for the future that we can have if we really want to work towards those goals of eradicating hunger on this planet, getting rid of the monetary system, and advancing our ways of thinking to the point where when we finally do come face to face with sentient alien life, that we are not going to want to enslave it or kill it or... Mm. <laughs> and that's the lesson. You know, monetize it. That we're going to want to learn from it. I got a question for you. Does the current dick measuring contest of billionaires racing to the moon, is that part of what you just said, that it will lead us to where we're going? <laughs> you know, I mean, like those, that that personality type, they're going to do what they're going to do. And and that's, you know, like I, I, I to me, I, I don't think about the, the you know, the race to, to have the first whatever casino on Mars or whatever. Like that to me. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't seem something aspirational that I want to look forward to. In, in fact, I, I I shudder to think what would happen if we started colonizing the moon, for example, and putting like a hotel up there when, you know, we, we can't do that for our fellow man right here on this planet. So, no. They better watch out or they're going to get space 1999. Yeah. Your, your thing's going to be blown out of orbit <laughs> yeah. and then you're going to be stuck up there. I want to warp speed past all of this 
you know, dick measuring contest, as you call it, happening now <laughs> to a future when I can be on a, a, a starship with Captain Janeway, uh, you know, traveling yeah. in the Delta Quadrant, uh, well, uh, you know, coming back home to care. I think you and Rachel both raised something really interesting about this conversation, because in one sense, it's already been done, right? The original Star Trek series we know had a massive impact in how Americans perceive the space program. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that documentary just came out with Nichelle Nichols, Woman in Motion on Paramount Plus, yes. that, you know, talks about how, you know, her work in, in elevating women and people of color and showing them that this NASA was their NASA, right? But NASA was aspirational. But part of the reason NASA was aspirational, I think, really was because it was a coming together of, of different government agencies and government as as inefficient sometimes as it is and problematic, it's ultimately overrun by the people. Whereas a corporation like the, you know, isn't a private industry isn't. And so I think that one of the problems, like you just mentioned, Rachel, moving forward is what do we do in private industry uh, starts colonizing, you know, various planets and bringing some of that stuff with it in a way that, that NASA was not thinking about, right? NASA was not trying to I don't want an Amazon bring... flag on the moon. Yeah, exactly. I don't. And I don't I don't want a Virgin Galactic one either. Yeah. To be honest. No. They can do whatever they want once they get there. And this is, by the way, I'm, I'm harshing them out. But the truth is, this is the beginning yeah. of all this. Stuff. Yeah. So it makes sense that we're going to have some ego involved in the beginning. Right. And hopefully it'll filter down because what you said, William, reminded me of a different quote we had, which is um, that the uh, the much maligned common man mm-hmm. often is more together and with it, right? Yep. Than the governments yep. or the brand, what, you know, what yep. you, per what you just said. And I think it's kind of true. Yeah. And I think it, it has, we have to have corporate investment in it, you know, but like, I don't, I don't feel personally invested in, in SpaceX necessarily. Right. But when it's like something like NASA was to me aspirational, mm-hmm. it was like, and then if NASA's going astray, right, like we can vote people in and out. Yeah. Like that becomes like, I, I have more of a participatory role in something like that as problematic as government can be. At least I know I can keep them accountable to a level where I can't keep private industry accountable. That is an excellent point. An excellent point that I had not considered before. I'm like, oh my God, he's so right. And the the one point I want to remind our, our listeners is when we had Mary Chifo, who was an actress on uh, Star Trek Discovery, she mentioned that uh, one of her friends who was the science advisor on the show dedicated her thesis to Captain Janeway. So she was inspired by this fictional character to go into the sciences. And then Robert Picardo also mentioned that he has met astronauts who looked up to his character and to the other Star Trek characters as as uh, the aspirational tools that made them want to get into NASA and to do real space exploration. So, you know, Gene and all of the wonderful writers in their their hopeful optimism are inspiring a generation of actual scientists who are doing the actual science work. Which is why we say, I say STEAM, not STEM, right? Because the arts, the A in STEAM, science, technology, you know, for education, the A is super important, you know, and I, I will always harp on this because I'm the right age to remember when the NEA pulled the Endowment to the Arts in New York, in the 80s. And um, it's devastating a little bit, right? Because all these public school kids no longer had access to the art or uh, music lessons and things like that, access to free instruments. So uh, the arts is so inspiring, right? Mm -hmm. These people were watching a silly TV show, according to other people, and yet became the forward thinkers of our generation because of that TV show. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really, really remarkable if you think about, we've touched upon this before, about the power of art 
and and communication and and the way that Gene and the writers really respected the audience, no, not dumbing down things to us like you know entertaining us yes but like with an educational bent to it that inspired actual real scientific learning beyond what we were just seeing on tv william any final thoughts before we wrap this episode up (sighs) this quote reminds me (laughs) that was a loaded sigh (laughs) i i feel all the things when it comes to star trek and gene roddenberry that's why i sighed it's just i feel all the feels i'm right there with you yeah. Well, luckily, we have you for some more episodes. You can add something to this, but yeah. we have you for at least a couple more. I'm excited. I, I just know what I love about this particular quote is that it just encourages us that human evolution has not reached its pinnacle and that we're merely at the beginning. Yep. Yep. And another point that we, we touched on is that all of the wonderful things that we see in Star Trek haven't even happened yet. Like, it's only when in the 23rd century man was able to get past poverty and illiteracy and to grow beyond the pettiness of of what we are experiencing now is when the adventure that we see in Star Trek happens. So there's still much, a lot of work to do, and there's a lot of room for us to grow on an individual basis and as a species. And it's exciting that not everything has been invented. Again, just my own opinion, but I think we'll have more inventions if we start paying people a livable wage. Yeah. Okay. Because I don't think $7 is livable. I don't even think the $15 people are asking for is terribly livable if you have a spouse or if you have a child. Right. And the reason I'm bringing this up at the end of this is to say when we are financially stressed and strapped, how creative are we? We're Mm -hmm. in panic. Mm -hmm. Usually we're frozen in fear. So, you know, I'm just throwing that out there that there might be a lot more interesting inventions and, and books and things. If people actually had a livable wage and weren't stressed about being out two paychecks away from being out in the street. So soapbox finish. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. We're lucky enough to have Mr. Matthews for a few more episodes. Right, Trent? Yeah. And if you want to check out today's video of Maz Jabrani reading today's quote, you can check it out on our official social media accounts on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's quote. So tweet us, post us, DM us, whatever. We're at Roddenberry on Twitter and Facebook and at Roddenberry Official on Instagram. Quoting Gene Roddenberry is a Roddenberry podcast hosted by me, Rachel True. And me, Trent Venegas. Producing are Claire Kramer and Kelsey Goldberg with executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Engineering and editing are provided by Elizabeth Joy Windham. And special thanks to all those who were kind enough to read a quote and give a voice to Gene Roddenberry's everlasting words. Live long and prosper. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.